Hey, Curtis. Hey, Oz. What do you got for us this week? This week, we've got Network crossed with Weird meets Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> this week, we've got UHF. I love me some UHF. Oh, what a great movie. I mean, I shouldn't say it's not a great movie, but what a fun movie. Yeah, it's just so much heart in this movie. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, you know, there's all kinds of movies that are made purposely to be, like, warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, when you hear, like, everything anybody has to say about Weird Al is just nothing but sweet and polite. Yeah. Well, exception of Coolio, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it's just, he just seems like a genuinely awesome dude. And, you know, and it really portrays in the movie of like, he just, it's like, he's just here on this earth to make people laugh. And, you know, and he's not, he's not too, he doesn't appear to be two-faced or spiteful or he's just there to have fun and enjoy his ride. And and I'm here for it. I love this movie. And and boy, is this movie a fun ride. It's basically like a series of sketches in a way. Yeah, stretched out over with like like a ninety three minute runtime, right, right. But they have an. I think that they have enough because we've done other movies like um, like Pop Star, yeah. Uh, that that felt like a sketch that was stretched too far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Weird Al did a. They did a great job of interjecting like completely different vibes of things um, to kind of break up that 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 plot line that through line. Yeah. Um, because that, I don't think that plot line had enough weight to carry it. But when you start interjecting... <laughs> wait, there's a plot line? You... <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait a second. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be back next week again with UHF as Curtis revisits. <laughs> um, but I feel like, uh, you know, like with the liberties they could take with the, like the public access, yeah. you know, TV slots, re- you know, mixed with that, said that level of humor really like... Fluffed it up, but it was yeah. it was fun fluff. Well, it, and it's such a fun pre- uh, premise too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. you know, like you know, as you said, uh, the, the whole movie it's about you know this down and his luck guy taking over a, a UHF TV station, and then you get to see what this imaginative yeah. doofus does with it. <laughs> yeah, and and how many imaginative doofuses are at home wanting to see something different? Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to hit you with the cast, and then I'll uh, step back, and we'll. Have fun with the plot. Hey, so. hey, hey, Oz, who are our Patreons? Oh, yeah, thanks. Before, you know, <laughs> imaginative doofuses on the brain, I suppose. <laughs> no, <laughs> kidding, kidding. We do want to give a shout out to Patreon subscribers, Don S, Melissa L, Aaron A, and Mandy K. Thank you again for your monthly patronage. We couldn't do this without you. Uh, well, fill the Patreon part anyway. Yeah. Couldn't do that. <laughs> we, we literally wouldn't be able to say your names. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. It'd be pointless. Uh, so yeah, now allow me to get to our uh, colorful cast of characters. We have our main star, the great Pumbaa, Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> playing George Newman, who, as you say, was just kind of this uh, daydreamer in between mm-hmm. jobs, always better, always better than what he was doing, but never aware of it. Um, you know, and then his best friend, uh, David Bowie. I <laughs> sure this is the not? actor's name Why not? uh Dave, david bow um he plays bob bob bobo the clown he's just george's <laughs> best friend <laughs> yaffy's dog treats <laughs> uh then we get some like early career uh early career oh credit here for fran drescher's mm-hmm. in the movie uh she plays pamela finkelstein <laughs> um i she's probably jewish um <laughs> That'd be, well, it's, uh, let's, you know, that's not me being uh, critical. This is the 80s. And so if you have a Jewish character, you better make sure their last name sounds Jewish. Yes. Um, uh, Michael Richards as Stanley Spadowski, uh, the just janitor slash 
star of <laughs> of uh, of the in in the in movie t- television show. Do I still get to be the janitor? <laughs> I really I really enjoy uh, Michael Richards in this movie. Yes, yeah, Michael um, Richards for for all of his personal flaws, which, yes, I, which yes. will probably come back a little later on. <laughs> hint, yeah. hint. But yeah. uh, yes, his his performance in this movie was really good. Yeah, um, you've got. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is the bad guy. R.J. Fletcher really playing out a role for Kevin McCarthy, but he does such a good job. Oh, at it. he's he's just great in this. So slimy and I, gross. I, he's got a great villain laugh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Victoria Jackson is in the movie as George's girlfriend uh, that he constantly keeps forgetting about. <laughs> um, we got uh, his uncle Stanley Brock playing Harvey Bilcheck. Um, Harvey Milchek is is kind of the middleman between how George gets the the television studio. Um, we got an aunt in there. We got Philo played by Anthony. Gale. Like everybody, really is important in the movie to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got you know Anthony Gary is is Philo. He's kind of the hero of the movie. Really. In a way, yes, yeah, he does. He's the one who really saves everything. Uh, <laughs> Billy Barty, the little person cameraman. Mm-hmm. So every everything is filmed up the nose. <laughs> Plays Noodles Macintosh. Um, I mean, you've got Trinidad Silva in the movie. You got Getty Watanabe in the movie. Um, Doctor Demento shows up. Emo Phillips is in here playing basically Emo Phillips. Yes. Um, and so it's it's just a just a fun menagerie of actors yeah. in this movie. Yeah, what a great combination of, of people, characters, some of which, again, are basically playing themselves, but... <laughs> yeah, but that's that's what makes them who they are, anyway. Yeah. So, all right, what do you got for plot? All right, well, as for the quote-unquote plot of this movie... <laughs> right. <laughs> we kick off the first in a series of send-ups, gags, quasi-sketches, you know, things yeah. like that. We get the Raiders of the, of the Lost Ark opening. Mm-hmm. So George and two men are approaching the cave a la Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, a man draws his gun on George and George, <laughs> a la Indiana Jones, takes out his whip, but in this case whips the man's arm clean off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, it, it, yeah. Yeah, and it just falls. Yeah, like there's no there's no spraying blood. No. There, there's not even a look of pain on his face. No, no, because, just... no he just looks more more confused than anything <laughs> right. else. Oh. And then he just runs away. That's this right. movie, folks. That, yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> this like the first two minutes of this movie really, really captures what is about to happen here. Uh let's see. The other man gets scared, runs off. Uh he is hit by a train. <laughs> in the in the forest. <laughs> yes, in the forest. <laughs> Uh, as George advances uh, through the uh, you know, through this cave, he comes across the series of like like police tape and like wrong way signs. Again, yeah. just sight gags, sight gags. Oh yeah, and you know oh, I'm, yeah. you know I'm a sucker for that stuff, Oz. Yes, you are. And then we get to the uh, you know to the Raiders seed where he comes across you know the gold statue. He's got the bag of sand, and in this case, Oz, the gold statue is an Oscar. Because yeah. the thing that Weird Al Yankovic is clearly pining for in this movie is is, <laughs> is Oscar candidacy. I love how they have an Oscar sight gag like immediately in the movie before we even know what the movie's about. Yeah, <laughs> like wouldn't it have been like oh, it would have been like so amazing if the Academy like decided it was just a poor year for movies <laughs> in '89. And so they went ahead and nominate this one. <laughs> what would you think? Not going to happen. But. Speaking of Weird Al and the Oscars, what would you think of Weird Al as Oscar host? I think he would be a fantastic host. Me too. Because especially at this point, I mean, even in 89, but especially at this point in his career, I think he's just so beloved by everyone. And he's such, um, like, he's such a soft, I, I just think he's such a soft personality that, it's not going to be these scathing, insulting jokes. Yeah. I think it's just going to be funny. Yeah. You know, and, people. and people would, and like, I think, I mean, he's been in the game long enough that like everybody in attendance um, is familiar with who he is. Yeah. They may not know him personally, but I just think that it would be, um, you know, it, it would be, it'd be, a, I think it'd be about a perfect match. Yeah. Um, I think they do a good job when they get someone like a Jimmy Kimmel because he's not he's not terrible at it. He's got the chops. Yeah. Um, but I think Weird Al uh, for sure would be. Uh, I think he'd be a great Oscar host. But he's a little more of like a full entertainer 
as well yeah. too so like you could see him doing like musical send send ups oh, of like exactly. all, all the best yeah. picture and not like nominees and right. things like that oh too. yeah or even and enjoying and and wanting to do it and like some of like the pre-taped stuff that they used to do yeah like like basically yeah. do, doing like a ua like uh like a uhf esque mm-hmm. send up of of the whole thing yeah <laughs> or, did, uh, or, did you uh, go ahead no go ahead please I say, did you, um, have you seen, uh, the Daniel Radcliffe weird? Yes. Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was again, just fun. Like I, I just, I do. I think that, that's a great question. I think, uh, weird Al would be, he'd be a great host. Mm-hmm. Uh, comment down below. If you think weird Al Yankovic could be a great Oscar host would and weird, we'll see what we can do. Would weird Al Yankovic be, <coughs> be a great Oscar host or the greatest Oscar host? Yeah, that's true. One, <laughs> pick one A or B yeah. in the comments, drop your, drop your thoughts below and uh, we'll, we'll get our people in touch with their people and see if we can make it happen. <laughs> so back to the movie, uh, jo- George is, uh, and it is Indiana Jones. He's weighing the bag. He takes some sand out because, you know, he has to replace the weight of the statue. Yeah. And eventually he just gets bored and drops the bag and grabs the statue. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, it triggers the mechanism and rocks start follow it, falling. Uh, a giant, as, as he's running out, uh, Patreon subscriber, possibly former Patreon subscriber, Melissa L's <laughs> f- uh, favorite moment in the whole movie happens. As, as a big rock falls and hits him in the head. And he, and, I had a feeling when you start, I'm like, ah, I bet this is Melissa L's favorite yes. part. Just, he's running away and he t- kind of turns and looks back and a big rock just thump. And he go, you just hear like a sound. <laughs> because if there's one thing Patreon subscriber Melissa L loves, it's either people getting hit in the head with things or people falling down. So is she is she a big um, Three Stooges fan? I think she respects the Three Stooges, but uh, I don't. She's not somebody who could just sit and watch the Three Stooges. Fair enough. It's and I think it's like, like I, so. So she's more. She appreciates it when a gag like that is thrown into something else. But when the whole premise is about gags like that, yes. then it's just it's it, you're just playing to your audience at that point. Yeah. It's almost too predictable of the Three Stooges. You know to expect it. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, as he's running out, like he uses the Oscar to like prop up a falling door, <laughs> like that kind of gag. Uh, yeah. And then we get the big boulder scene, Oz, where the big boulder oh, comes yeah. rolling at him, uh, and <laughs> as he sees it, his head does the 180 degree turn. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the boulder quite literally chases him around the world as as he runs oh, in, yeah. in front of of several uh, historic historic places and, and monuments and whatnot. The boulder is his, is taking his, his yeah night. historic place historic place photographs. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the boulder is taking that sharp ninety degree turns as it chases him and eventually runs him <laughs> over, dissolving. Do you yeah? Go ahead. Do you do you think the the opening boulder here? Um, was an influence on the design of BB-8. Oh yeah, yeah. If yeah. you listen to the the third commentary track for <laughs> the Force Awakens, JJ Abrams, which is only in, in the in, <laughs> which is only in the Region Twenty Seven Blu-ray, <laughs> right. the Madagascar Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they reveal that the Boulder scene was yeah was in fact the the yeah. the direct send up design for BB-8. Yeah. Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy, huge Weird Al fan. <laughs> the uh, the nickname for the boulder on the set of UHF was actually BB-8. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> it's the storage lot that I kept it in. Yeah, <laughs> well, we didn't get the we didn't get the roller right. Hoist BB-8 back up on that platform, <laughs> boys. <laughs> So it dissolves, uh, Weird Al's smooshed carcass d- dissolves <laughs> into a greasy burger, uh, uh, overcooked, uh, out of skillet. And we see George and Bob working at a, at a burger place. Uh, George is bemoaning that no one appreciates his imagination, Oz. And there, that right there is basically all mm-hmm. you need to know yeah. about George as well as kind of where this movie is going. That no one appreciates his imagination. Um, as as I kind of watch and reflect on this movie, I again as a college and career counselor, there, there's a little bit of this movie that's like, yes, George gets it. Like it's all yeah. you know, it's it's like finding your niche. Like where's that yep. balance between happiness and success? And like what do the word those words mean to you? And 
as George, I, I guess I could have saved this for one of my goods, but I'll just say it now. But like, it's it's nice to see, you know, like something good happen to someone like that in that career. Oh, sense. yeah. Yeah. However, right now, he's still figuring it out in the movie. Um, Bob expositions that they've had several jobs and got fired from them all <laughs> because you need to say that <laughs> in these movies. Yeah. Uh, George to make, uh, is making a point. He's, he sprays mustard across several people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just because he's he's always he's, and that's one of that's one of George's downfalls is mentally he's always somewhere else. Yes, and and therefore because he doesn't live in the moment, um, he finds himself getting fired from a lot of jobs yeah. and. And on a very tense relationship path yeah. with someone we'll get to shortly. Yeah, he's very head in the clouds. Very head in the clouds. Yeah. Uh, Big Edna then comes in, Oz. You want to take Big Edna? <laughs> I got I got a feeling that, that you'll describe Big Big Edna better than me. Oh, what was her name? And uh, <laughs> if, if Big Dolores. There we go. Big uh, Dolores. Big Dolores from Hope Floats. <laughs> if Big Dolores from Hope Floats grew up and got a job, yes. she'd be Big Edna. Yes, she would. <laughs> Maybe she went into the witness uh, witness protection program and had to legally change her name <laughs> from from Big Dolores to Big. Yeah, I think I think that's what happened. <laughs> We're gonna... Keep my first name Big, please. Uh, all right, <laughs> listen up, listen up, Dolores. We're going to give you a new name, new identity, new location, new career. <laughs> she stands her like this as long, Big Dolores. <laughs> okay, okay, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> What does Big Edna do to them, Oz? Oh, she toss them out. Yeah, she she. I, yeah, I watched. I it's I I watched this over the span of a couple of days just for timing. Sure, but then again, uh, watched two more movies last night. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so actually, I've watched three movies since I watched the first half of this one, and Got so it. it's not that it's fuzzy. It's just like let's see, was it this or you know what did Big Edna do? Did she? Get out of a bathtub and come hug Jack Nicholson. No, that was The Shining. Did she? <laughs> <laughs> did she kidnap Kurt Russell's wife? No, no, no. That was Breakdown. Uh, so, so but yeah, but yeah, she she she, just, she throws them out and quite literally throws them like a couple hundred feet in the air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but luckily, they're okay. They're okay because it's Weird Al. Uh, yep. Bob and George arrive back back at their home. Uh, they live in an apartment next to like like a dojo, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Cooney's Coon- dojo. Uh, you know that class is in session because someone gets thrown out the window. <laughs> I don't know why they keep going to Cooney. Yeah, <laughs> and we get the first of the several classic utterances from Cooney. You're so stupid. You're so stupid. <laughs> uh, after settling back in at home, uh, George makes Bob a. Twinkie wiener sandwich, <laughs> which is a Twinkie sliced open as a hot dog bun. Yes, with a hot dog in there and um, like string, not string cheese, but like easy cheese squirted yep. on top. Yep, quite possibly the unhealthiest thing anyone could consume. But in some yeah. ways, this also seems to be the most American thing that anyone could. Consume. Oh yeah. yeah, they should sell those at ballparks as. Oh, they would. Well, they wouldn't be able to sell them that size. They'd have to go with. You know, gigantic Twinkies with foot-long hot dogs. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah, and it would and it would be like ladled on nacho cheese. <laughs> I'll take a uh, big soft pretzel, lemon ice, and uh, three Twinkie Wiener sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, give me the artery buster combo, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, let's see. George checks his time or checks his, his, his <laughs> checks the time on a man's arm that has crashed through the wall uh, yeah. because he's late for a date with Terry, his girlfriend. Again. Yes, again. <laughs> so this is a recurring thing because, as you said, Oz, George does not live in the moment. He's always nope. someplace else. Uh, at Terry's, she encourages him to get over his overactive imagination and to try to get it to work for him. Uh, as he is literally building a Close Encounters-esque um, <laughs> mashed potato sculpture. <laughs> uh, later, we're at a party. Uh, his aunt and uncle, Aunt Esther and Uncle Harvey are having a party. Uh, Harvey's late because he's playing poker and betting on the horses again. 
Uh, yeah. George is spooning punch into a small dog, and then he drops the dog <laughs> in a punch bowl. <laughs> because why? Because it's funny. That's why. Because it's funny. Harvey won the deed to a local UHF station, Channel 62. Esther suggests to Harvey that she hire or that he hires George to run the station, which they do. Uh, George and Terry arrive at the station, Oz. Uh, a, 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 I'll just say a dirty-looking man asks for change, yeah. and he literally just needs to make change. <laughs> <Right>. Change, mister! <laughs> you got change! <laughs> so he counts out a dollar's worth of change and gives him a dollar back. Yeah. Oh, he just needed change. He just needed change, yeah. Who are we to presume that he's homeless or anything? Uh, as they enter the, the studio, we get a, hello, I'm Mr. Red, which, again, yeah. is... <laughs> Pointless, but still funny. Yeah. Uh, there's bubbling beakers and science stuff everywhere, Oz, as Philo pops into frame and scares them. Philo is is the uh, like the, the station's engineer and he also yes. lives there. Yeah. Uh, the next he, he really yeah. he really gave off uh, Mick Fleetwood vibes from Running Man. Yes, he did. He did, yeah. A very similar look, although uh, Mick Fleetwood <laughs> didn't have the, the the science stuff everywhere. No, no, if more machine guns, fewer Bunsen burners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next day, George and Bob show up. Pamela Finkelstein <laughs> greets them and screams at them that she should be doing on uh, on camera news. <laughs> we then begin some of the the different uh, oh, yeah. programming. We'll say that that Channel sixty two has. We get a commercial uh, with Crazy Ernie's cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll club a baby seal to make a deal. I got enough cars to choke a camel. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, this guy gives off big. Uh, I'll buy that for a dollar vibes. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, Crazy Eddie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a package is mistakenly uh, delivered to the station, intended for R.J. Fletcher, the uh, so the program director over at the big affiliate Channel Eight. Um, George decides I got to meet the competition, so I'll just take it over myself. Cut the Fletcher screaming at his son Richard about his pencil not being number two, and and we get the <laughs> the first of one of the several uh, one of my favorite underrated uh, parts of this movie. Uh, Richard Fletcher, but damn, oh yeah, I, yeah. I love his character. Yeah, <laughs> he's so pathetic. Yeah, in all the best ways. Uh, the janitor, the janitor Stanley Spadowski, Michael Richards, is blamed for losing an important file. Uh, Stanley's not a very bright person, Oz. No. Uh, they call him into the office, and Fletcher tells him, "Hey, what's missing?" And he points to the <laughs> desk and says, "That stapler." <laughs> 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 like what a what a loaded question come into my office and tell me what's missing <laughs> i don't know <laughs> like, your wife exactly. uh, <laughs> the president like a ham sandwich they're all missing <laughs> they're, they're clearly not in the room right fletcher fires stanley poor stanley and richard takes stanley's personal mop how dare he yeah uh, george arrives with a package and is quickly uh scared off but he runs into stanley george hires stanley stanley says the mop was his eighth eight-year-old birthday present yeah or or stanley i know but at least he's got a new job he does have a new job bounce back quick yeah uh outside of city hall uh noodles uh, was it macintosh yeah Mac noodles macintosh uh shows up to be pamela's cameraman so she is going to be on the news uh, Head Thug is there with Richard as he prepares to go live. Head Thug is that guy who's basically trying to be Scarface. Yeah. Oh, he's got oh the, yeah. The toothpick in his mouth. Trips, yep. trips noodles, knocking out their feed. Uh, and, and he goes to Pamela. Hey, sweetheart, take my advice. Broads don't belong in broadcasting. Ooh, so punny. I know, right? Uh, later, Pamela calls Fletcher, who belittles her with even more misogyny. Uh, we then cut to uh, Town Talk, with, which is George's own show, <laughs> and he's interviewing... Yeah, it's basically Geraldo Rivera. Yes. Uh, this time, though, uh, it's the early incarnation of this show. He's interviewing a local shop teacher. 
Yeah. Played by Emo Phillips. I'll I'll let you uh, take this because <laughs> I know I know the scene. Yeah. The scene tick, tickles your <laughs> funny I, bone. I, I love this scene. He's uh, Emo Phillips. Is there basically playing Emo Phillips, and he is uh, he's demonstrating pro- <laughs> he's demonstrating proper safety measures on power tools. Um, you know, it even makes a reference to you know a power tool and. and and George goes, it's a table saw. And he just kind of, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I love the look on his face. <laughs> and so uh, he proceeds to start cutting a piece of wood with the table saw, but he's looking at George the entire time and ends up cutting his thumb off. But he, <laughs> but then, of course, it's it's that old like SNL sight gag where he's just got a blood pump. Yeah. And, and he's just... Just spraying blood all over. He looks right at it, sprays it right in his face. He's spraying it all over George. And, oh, call me Mr. Butterfingers. <laughs> you know, he's just, again, shows no pain. No. Um, you know, but it's, which makes the, the sight gag even more funny because, of course, as a viewer, you know he's not hurt. You know it's fake. But when he doesn't yeah. react to it, he just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, George is freaking out. The cameraman is oh, like yeah. losing his sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes get huge yeah. as he's like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And, but yeah, he's just, oh, I do. I really enjoy this little scene. Uh, we then get, as uh, we get Spatula City, which is oh. quite literally a commercial for a, 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 warehouse, a discount yeah. warehouse spatula retailer. It's like an emporium. <laughs> yes. And I love the sequence of like hundreds of people just, sprint, oh, just, just running sprinting in. in from the parking lot. <laughs> Spatula City. Buy nine spatulas. Get the tenth for just one penny. Like even my kids know, because um, I've watched this off and on throughout the years. And uh, my daughter came in and, and she she go she sees it. She goes, "What's this?" I go, "UHF." And she goes, "Is this that movie with Spatula City?" And oh. I said, "Yes, it is." <laughs> Gold star for your daughter, Oz. Yeah, yeah. Of course, then she proceeded to not watch any of it, but she was aware <laughs> that. This looks like that movie with those dumb jokes. I'm like, well, you're right, kiddo. It is. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a spatula? <laughs> and I love how I love how the man is voicing the words I love you yeah. as the narrator <laughs> <Yeah>. is reading <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, we then we then cut to Uncle Nutsy's Clubhouse, which is another George fronted show. It's kind of a Bozo the Clown esque yeah, sort clown. of yeah. Where George is Uncle Nutsy in front of half a dozen less than enthusiastic kids, one of whom spits directly in his face, like point yeah. blank. <laughs> uh, Bobo comes out, Bob comes out as Bobo the Clown. Uh, George hits him in the face with a frying pan, which... I read in the trivia, he actually, he, he did it on, he didn't mean to do it. But when he swung, he actually hit him with the fry pan. So the look on his face of disgust really was. <laughs> and because he had a red nose, I guess, I guess he bloodied his nose too, but you couldn't tell because of the, the red nose. But yeah, that look that he, that kind of side eye he gives him was, was, was like legit. Yeah, like <laughs> you just hit me with this fry pan. <laughs> well, I, method acting, I guess that's the way to yeah. go. Uh, George does a read for a brand of cookies. Uh, but as he uh, reached off camera for the cookies, uh, he was accidentally handed uh, a box of of dog treats, uh, which he starts feeding to Bob live on the air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pamela interviews a gun advocate, <laughs> which is the guy who uh, I think in the mid '90s became the bitter beer face guy. Oh, was it him? I'm pretty. Sh- I don't know for sure, but like, Possibly. but it looked just like him. Yeah. Gun controls for wimps and commies. <laughs> uh, we get, then get a, a commercial. And again, this is kind of where in the in the movie we're just basically telling the sketches because that's yeah, what this yeah. is. We get a commercial for Plots R Us Mortuary Service. <laughs> I just love just their legs are just sticking up all cattywampus in the graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> you went to discount, you know, discount cemetery services. <laughs> Uh, don't don't forget to visit our new salad bar. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, George is uh, scribbling ideas in the studio as the Beverly Hillbillies plays in the background. He falls asleep, uh, and the Dire Straits. Uh, you think that the money for, yeah, money money for, money for nothing. nothing by Dire Straits video starts up. Uh, however, of course, since it's a Weird Al movie, it's a Weird Al version of it. So it's yeah. instead of. Uh, 
I'd say, I want my MTV, it's Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Funny. I think yeah. this this gag I, overstayed its welcome a little bit for me. Yes, yeah. And it may it may show up later for me. Yeah. Got it. But I will I will say though, I think if I remember correctly, this movie debuted that video, and then the video was on MTV all the time. Mm. And so I think it I think if my memory serves me right, and it could be wrong, but I it's almost unfair because I feel like like history flipped it. To where you feel like, I mean, we saw the the video far more than we saw the movie. So we almost get the vibe that, like, the video was there first and then showed up in the movie. But I do think the video debuted here and then played out all the time. Which, it's a fun song, but, like, a lot, like, and with all due respect, you know, to, to Weird Al, um, his music isn't music you're going to listen to on repeat all the time. Yeah. George uh, George sleeps through an important date with Terry and her parents. She breaks up with him. Bob says the station's going to be broke within a week. Uh, the next day, a sad, depressed George comes out onto Uncle Nutsy's clubhouse. He rants about how miserable he is, how much life sucks. He, sn- <laughs> <laughs> he snaps at a kid. Uh, and during, uh, during a, like, uh, a cartoon bit, George quits mid-show and appoints Stanley to take over. Yeah. So George and Barb go. To, uh, Bob go to a bar. <laughs> I don't know why this tick, this tickles me, but like George, Bob orders a beer. George orders a blueberry daiquiri to drown his <laughs> sorrows. <laughs> what I love in this scene is is it's kind of it's kind of sublime. Is uh, you know Bob and George walk in and they're talking about you know the, the station or whatever, and then you hear the the bartender say on the phone, "Yeah, it's we're watching it right now." Mm-hmm. And then everybody's crowding around the TV yeah. to watch um, Stanley Spadowski's Clubhouse, which he's li- like literally just began hosting moments ago. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know, less than I mean, we're talking minutes. He's yeah. only been hosting, and now it's like taking over the old town. <laughs> it's yeah. just I don't. It's just I don't know why I find it so funny. But I mean, it's just a little plot device to get the story moving. But it's just funny that. He just quit, and within, like, the first segment of hosting, everyone's hooked. Yes. Like, no one's even watching to begin with. (laughs) Yeah, Stanley's killing it. Yeah. Uh, He shows off his new mop he got from George. He does a network send-up. The crowd cheers. Um, Stanley agrees to keep hosting as long as he can still be the janitor. (laughs) The janitor. Uh, things get optimistic, and then as we cut to uh, Wheel of Fish, as their new yeah. programming starts in, uh, Cooney leaps in a frame. We meet one of the contestants, Phyllis Weaver. Uh, <laughs> which, the, I, I love Phyllis Weaver. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Wheel of Fish is quite literally a game show in which fish are put around a, a, a vertical wheel, and mm-hmm. you spin and you win fish. And you want a fish, yeah. and then you get to choose if you keep the fish or you want what's in the box. She, she it's it's basically I, I feel like it's basically the big wheel of the Price is Right meets yeah. Let's Make a Deal. There you go. That that's a pretty but good. with but with fish but with fish. <laughs> <laughs> so she spins and she wins a red snapper, very tasty. Ooh, Ooh. red snapper. <laughs> or she can have what's in the box. <laughs> she oh it's a hard choice Oz. yeah well you figure you could have this fish this single large fish or what potentially could be in the box so she goes with the box Oz, and they reveal what's in the box nothing <laughs> absolutely nothing and then cody <laughs> starts just belittling her you're so just you're so stupid <laughs> It's like really the grand prize here was a fish. And I and I love how that scene I ends. Do too. It comes back to a wide shot of Phyllis standing next to the wheel, just like looking disappointed. <laughs> right. she's, she's and embarrassed. So <laughs> I am so stupid. We get Raul's Wild Kingdom, which is another it's it's a guy in his apartment showing off all, yeah, all of the, all anim, the animals that he has there. Um, right. he Teach, he tries to teach poodles how to fly, Oz. And, yeah, uh, repeatedly. He's Based like, on the pile of poodles yeah, at the, he's, at the he's, base he's, of his apartment building. He's like five stories up, and he's throwing <laughs> poodles out the window. And Yeah, there's quite a pile. 
Uh, at Fletcher, back at back at Chatelite at Fletcher Station, he's screaming at Richard for giving him a non-Rolex watch, which is important hint hint to remember at the end. Yeah. Uh, he's also screaming for saying that Channel Six. He screams at someone because that someone says that Channel Sixty Two is gaining on them. Uh, back at Stanley Spinazzi's clubhouse, Joel Miller found the marble in the oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> what does he get as a prize? He gets the drink from the fire hose. <laughs> Open wide. Just blast this kid <laughs> with the full force of a firefighter's fire hose. And he just goes flying off, off panel. <laughs> <laughs> we get Conan. I just, love, I just yeah. love how straight how straight they play all these roles too. Yeah. Like, it's so great. We get Conan the Librarian, which for my money could be my favorite of all of these uh, the, oh, yeah. the sketches. And it's basically the Conan character, you know, Schwarzenegger yeah. as a librarian. So quite literally, yeah. Conan the Librarian. <laughs> a guy, a kind of a nebish guy, comes up and asks. Uh, you know, where can I find this, you know, a book on this kind of subject? And Conan picks him up by his collar. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> Another guy kind of comes up. Uh, this this book's a little overdue. <laughs> and Conan just cuts him in half with his broadsword. <laughs> he just splits. Yeah. <laughs> if you look closely, the way they did the effect, uh, they... they the the thing that splits is in a garbage can and if you look okay. if you look closely you can see the two sides like hit the sides of the garbage can oh okay <laughs> low budget at its best ah that's great uh george and bob rearranged their programming board i'm just going to quickly run through all of the shows that were on the board because just right. the names of these shows do it for me you have you have name that stain the Young and the Dyslexic. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> Wonderful World of Phlegm, which gets a two-hour segment. <laughs> Leave it to Bigfoot. <laughs> My Three Mutants. Dog Racing from Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> I on Toxic Waste. The Lice is Right. Buddha Knows Best. <laughs> Bestiality Today. <laughs> you, you Bet Your Pink Slip. Wide world of tractor pulls. <laughs> Beat the lone shark. The flying pope. Druids on parade. Volcano worshippers hour. Underwater bingo for teens and fun with dirt. As of, of all of those, which one of those would you have liked to have seen and do a bit I with? Would, uh, I would be very interested to see druids on parade. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Jews in space. It, yeah. <laughs> So basically, they just show a clip from Spaceballs. Yeah, yeah. probably. I'd How love about you? To, what would you want to see? Um, for, I, I think uh, Leave It to Bigfoot uh, interests me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be a good one, too. Bob says they're number one in the local ratings. They're beating all mm -hmm. the networks. Uh, um, we, we get another little bit mud wrestling. Uh, with Mik this week's guest, Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we go back to Fletcher. He He's screaming at his underlings, how could we be losing advertisers to Channel 62? What would RJ Sr. be saying? <laughs> to which, which Richard turns to one of his buddies in the office. Help, help, let me out of this box. I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I think I missed that one. Oh, it's hysterical. I love the Richard character. He gets some of the best moments in the movie. But I, 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 the character goes, it's, it's a lot more subtle. So, yeah. I, you know, it's it's in the shadow of all the Weird Al bits. <laughs> oh, man. So, is this the yeah. scene where the uh, the guy in the cowboy hat and mustache is there? Uh, it could, it could is... be. I, I think I might have skipped that over for, for time's sake. <laughs> Why don't you... I, I, I love that little bit, take, too. Take that ridiculous thing off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's got this ridiculous-looking, yeah. like, Aztec-influenced, yeah. like, cowboy hat with a big feather and mm -hmm. a big, like, you know, south, you know, uh, you know, southeastern kind of, you know, like I said, Aztec kind of yeah. look to it or whatever. Take that ridiculous thing off, and then he peels off the mustache. It <laughs> <laughs> looks really sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Fletcher decides to go after the station's man, or the station's owner, uh, Harvey. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Harvey gets a call from his bookie, Big Louie, 
Harvey owes 75 grand. He didn't do too well in the ponies, Oz, and owes no. it in two days. So Fletcher gets wind of this, and it's like, I got the money now. However, Harvey says, well, I'm going to give... He tells George, and George says, well, you got you got 48 hours to come up with 75 grand. Otherwise, i got to sell to, to Fletcher. Right. In the meantime, we get... Uh, so Philo breaks into Channel 8 and installs a camera there as well, a la Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Catches a panty raid. Yeah. <laughs> channel eight. Channel eight. We got one. No, he we got one. Uh, another bit here. Uh, town talk with George. <laughs> so, so the the town talk has evolved from interviewing local shop teachers uh, to now the Geraldo esque. So we get a yeah. we get a big big voiceover guy uh, doing like town talk with George. <laughs> uh, George is interviewing someone. Sex with furniture. What do you think? And then sh- and then shoves the microphone in the person's right. face. <laughs> There's a guy dressed as as Satan. Call, is, George yeah. calls him a pinhead. Throws water at his face. <laughs> During a ruckus on stage, George is hit with a chair several times. A clan member has has his head audibly squished by a chair. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 a fun little gag. I love that. Whatever the topic is, you've got like this little Girl Scout yeah. sitting between a KKK member and somebody in like a hockey mask, yeah. Like, yeah, of, of being like you know the worst villains. Yeah, <laughs> like like a like a Girl Scout esque kind of kind of look. Yeah. Uh, so they got to come up with seventy five grand. So George and yeah. Stanley they launch a telethon to raise funds. They're selling stock in Channel 62 so that the community owns it. Uh, at the bad guy's hideout, uh, they're plotting, and they send goons after Stanley, and they abduct Stanley Oz. Mm-hmm. So things aren't going well, because every moment Stanley's not on the air, they're not making money. Uh, right. We get a commercial for Gandhi, too, <laughs> in, in the midst of all this, because plot yeah. plot and pacing is... is Whatever. <laughs> we get a... We get the commercial for Gandhi too. We get some seventies funk music going. No more mm-hmm. passive resistance. He's out to kick some butt. <laughs> Give me a stick. Medium rare. <laughs> Puts his fist through a guy. Drives a Lambo. <laughs> he's a one man wrecking crew, but he also knows how to party. <laughs> As he's got a woman on each arm. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Outside, I would I would watch Gandhi. Oh, I, I would I would I would watch an hour and a half of that. Yeah, I would. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of Channel Eight, uh, the Change Guy is back. Uh, he gets a penny yeah. from from Fletcher and is very happy to get it. Uh, Terry arrives. She tells off Fletcher. Uh, Fletcher starts uh, talking about the town and how uh, he's he's only in it for the money and he doesn't think anything of the people there. Um, meanwhile, Stanley is getting assaulted. Uh, kind of behind the mm. scenes, like the warehouse behind Channel 8. And Philo spots it because he's got that camera in there. And then Oz, this could have been one of my favorite moments as a kid because this is one of those movies that like really influenced like 12-year-old Curtis a lot. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't see the Rambo movies when I was a kid, but I knew that they were a thing. Oh, and yeah. I knew like... Sli- I, 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 did, I didn't see them either. And I knew like... Yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody played Rambo, but they never saw Rambo. Exactly. And so we get the, I think it's Rambo 3 is kind of what the spoof mm-hmm. is of here, where it's, he's like the one man wrecking crew and he's just got the red yeah. bandana. So we get Weird Al doing that character because he goes to free Stanley and of course yeah. it dissolves into the his, Rambo spoof. His imagination takes over yeah. and it is a fun, I, I do love this scene. So it's Weird Al in this gigantic muscle suit, which does look like. <laughs> It looks looks both real and not at the same time. Which yeah, is weird. exactly. Yeah, it. I agree. Like they did a really good job with it. You don't see the seams anywhere, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's it is so over the top, but yet somehow still mildly believable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a man is firing a machine gun at him from literally feet feet away. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he takes like a like a grenade like like tipped arrow and just blows the guy up. <laughs> George sneaks into the village to free Stanley from a cage. Uh, George looks through like like the like the the prison esque like like peep like peephole yeah. bar thing. Uh, the wide shot is next and reveals that it's just bars there, so he could have <laughs> looked through the bars for some right. reason. 
So he frees Stanley. They get into a helicopter just as they're about to, to take off. George mows down 20 guys with a machine gun. Yeah. Uh, and then he oh. just starts firing everywhere, blowing everything up, catches a bullet in his mouth. Chews it up, spits it back out at a guy, blows him up. <laughs> it's, so, it's so great. In the sky, in the in the helicopter, they come across Fletcher in the Channel Eight news chopper. <laughs> exactly, they're in like this airwolf yeah. style, and he's just there in this like news copter. Yeah, <laughs> downs the helicopter, starts downing world monuments, <laughs> cuts the George busting into Channel Eight. He's quickly taken over yeah. by the goons because yeah, there's he, five of them and they have guns and it's George. Right. And he's not really Rambo. Yeah. But he does come busted in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good thing, though, that Cooney and his uh, band of martial artists are there and they take out the goons and the bad guys. Because they, they... <laughs> they're in the because they're in the supplies closet. Yes. So they hear knocking and they open the door and then Cooney supplies. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, they rescue Stanley. They 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 triumphantly return to the station. Uh, as I've aged, there's a little moment here that I find hysterical. Uh, a biker runs into the studio and goes, "Hey, everybody, they're back!" Oh, I love <laughs> it. Love it. Yeah, I agree. Same thing. Like cracks me up every time. You feel like they when they when they filmed that bit at the bar um, that this guy just happened to be at the bar. Yeah, <laughs> and so like, you want to roll? Uh, sure. <laughs> Hey everybody, they're back! Like he runs, <laughs> like he runs in, and like he never stops. He just kind of like no. starts turning and like doesn't really make eye contact. You get the impression he's like reading off his hand. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey yeah. everybody, they're back. Yeah. <laughs> and he runs well, back what, out. What, clearly done in one take. Yes. <laughs> and we're done. The only B yeah, we got they did for the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Thanks. <laughs> so Flet Fletcher decides to do some counter programming. He goes live on Channel Eight. To talk about the situation however philo overrides fletcher's signal and basically streams the earlier conversation that fletcher had with terry where fletcher's yeah. bad mouth in the community it, i like this town is a festering bowl of dog snot because <laughs> <laughs> that's about as harsh okay. of a language as you'll get in a weird alley but yeah, oh but. yeah yeah so as there's one minute left we're in the home stretch they're at seventy three thousand. Uh, Terry shows up, whatever. Uh, Big Louie drives up. And they need the full 75 grand. Fletcher's there. Uh, but instead of giving the money to Big Louie, he goes to gloat on the microphone. The change guy yeah. walks up. From yeah. The the dirty the dirty man from before. Yes. I got $2,000 to buy some shares. So they grab the 73 grand plus the two grand from the, the dirty change guy. They give it to Big Louie, and they celebrate. They've done it, Oz. Yep. Hooray. Everyone is Nobody happy. counts the money. No. It's there. It's there. <laughs> As they celebrate, an FCC agent uh, arrives and pulls Fletcher's license uh, for not renewing in time. Pamela puts him live on the air. Richard shows up, gets tripped by Billy Barty in the mud. Dad! <laughs> <laughs> it's like Donald Trump Jr. Oh, yeah. Uh, Philo, Philo turns out as an alien. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he pulls like I'm a... done here and yeah. Yeah, returns to his own planet. Yeah, he, you know, he pulls a uh, yeah. large march. Uh -huh. yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> and goes back to his home planet, Zarkon. Yeah. And, and I love it, though, because it's one of those... And, and like we talked a couple weeks ago with, uh, with Loaded Weapon, it's one of those scenes where, like, he has this conversation with George and Terry, and then he walks into the background as more conversation is going on. So this Philo, like mm -hmm. this, this Philo thing is like looking to the sky being beamed, etc. They do cut to him to show his face, but everything else, it's just him flashing off in the background. Um, while there's something I, and I just, the layers when it's done and it's done right is, is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, George gives Stanley a world's greatest janitor and TV star trophy an elderly woman knees Fletcher in the groin. Uh, the change guy tells Fletcher that the penny he gave him was very rare, worth a fortune. He bought a lot of shares and he even bought himself a Rolex. <laughs> a Rolex. <laughs> Rolex. <laughs> Rolex. <laughs> and we end with a terrible gun with the wind send up between Terry yeah. and George. So we kind of end on that. 
But yeah. overall, that's 1989's UHF. Uh, at this moment in the show, folks, Oz and I each give our own unique rating to the movie we've been yapping about. Oz, how would you rate UHF? I'm going to give this nine spatulas and the tenth one for a penny. Oh, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Oh. What are you giving it? <clears throat> I'm going to go with 97 gulps from the fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> So nice, nice. Oh, I, I really like yours. That was good. Next up, folks, we got outside insights. Uh, Oz and I have been scouring the interwebs looking for unprofessional reviews that tickle our funny bones, and we hope they tickle yours too. Oz, what is your outside insight for UHF? I've I've got two. Sure, uh, they're fairly quick. This first one is a half star review by Elise, left on June nineteenth of twenty twenty. Probably the worst thing I've ever seen. I think Weird Al is funny at times, but wow, does this not age well. It's trying so hard to be funny, and I found myself rolling my eyes at most of the jokes. I thought it was weird the whole time it didn't stop getting weirder. The whole part that was semi-entertaining was the music video thing toward the beginning. I 100% would not have finished this had it not been in my scavenger hunt. <laughs> it, okay. it stars a guy who has the word weird in his name. Right. And I love that she's like, I hate this movie, but I love scavenger hunts, so I'm going to finish it. <laughs> I'm a completist. And my second one is a one-star review uh, by Nick Unknown, left uh, just a couple months later, September 7th of 2020, oh, I guess 2022, a couple of years. Severely scared me and was pretty intolerable to watch with noise sensitivity because there are so many sounds and they're so exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> not a great movie. Not a great movie to watch when you're not doing too hot. Probably a good movie for teens, but not me. <laughs> There's so many so sounds. Many in sounds. This movie. There's so, just so many sounds. <laughs> I have noise sensitivity, and this is—it scared me severely. <laughs> I'm severely scared. Probably by the two long chin guys going. <laughs> <laughs> the, the upside like, down. Oh, stop it! Make it stop. The upside down yodeler. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, what's your outside insight? My outside insight. Uh, comes from the internet movie database from from dude (laughs) (laughs) okay well i saw this movie at a friend's house he told me the movie was totally hilarious but when i saw the movie it was terrible i think you have to be really weird if you want to call this comedy it's about a guy who tries to take over a radio station and it (laughs) doesn't (laughs) and it doesn't go well for him at first but then he has lame shows and tries to hire anybody even if the person has no television experience. It goes on later, and he has to raise money to save the station. Eventually they do, but I consider this a movie for a kid that is under the age of 6th grade. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 6th grade is not an age, by the way. (laughs) No, no. And, you know, I will give this this reviewer some credit. This movie would be terrible if he was trying to save a radio station. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the sight gags. What, what, yeah. what, what, all, the, all, all the production value of the sights. Yeah. <laughs> was that the sound of a man being split in half by a broadsword? I, I believe it was. <laughs> that sounds like a tenth spatula. <laughs> it sounds like a tenth spatula. <laughs> Is that someone eating at a salad bar at a funeral home? It's, it sounds like it. If you listen carefully, you can hear these people have been buried inappropriately. Is that a spinning wheel hitting a red snapper? <laughs> <laughs> that bo- that box sounds empty. <laughs> She is so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, folks, it's that time in our show you've all been waiting for our signature segment, the 321, in which Oz and I each share three goods, two bads, and one, huh, about the film in question, in this case, 1989's UHF. Oz, what are your three goods? Uh, my first one is is the guy getting split in half by Conan the Librarian. (laughs) Um, it just, it, it gives the, it gives the appearance almost of like, the speed of it is like a bear trap flying open. <laughs> like, it's like he gets tapped and then just splits. And of course, there's there's no organs or anything. It's just yeah. red. Yeah. <laughs> like I rewound it to show my son just go. He could watch it. He's like, what? <laughs> so that's because on the inside, well, on the inside, we're all just honeydew melons. <laughs> yeah, it's that's all we are. So yeah, th- so the guy getting split in half by Conan the Librarian. My second one is, and I'm glad you didn't mention, it, is near the end. When he start when he, when uh, when it's the Rambo uh, the Rambo send up 
um, is the repeated Stallone face he's giving as yeah. he keeps blowing things up. <laughs> like, the first one is funny, but he does, like, two or three more, and they're just so exaggerated. Um, and so, and of course, that's what he runs into, yeah. uh, you know, Channel 8 with, is is that repeated, that Stallone face. And I love how, um, especially the helicopter, like, he'll do the Stallone face, and then Stanley will react. And yeah. Just go like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> And so I just get a kick out of that. And my third one is just uh, giving Weird Al a platform to be a Weird Al. Yes. Um, you know, it's just because really up until this point, all anybody knew of Weird Al was whatever he put out in about a three-minute music video. Yeah. Um, and so everybody got like micro doses of of his creative genius. And this, this movie uh, gave him that platform to really be himself on a larger scale. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if it, um, escalated him at all or, I mean, because 89 was, I won't say late in his career cause he was still kicking and going, but it definitely was like in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't going to give him this kind of platform before he did the Michael Jackson stuff and Madonna stuff. Um, but that at the same time, that Michael Jackson and Madonna stuff is what he's most well known for. Um, and so it's like, it's like he peaked. And then there was this, and then he, he and he just kind of plateaued and kept going. But it was still a decently high plateau. Yeah. Um, and so giving him the platform, I really respect that from from the studios. So because this is, a, I think it's a Paramount picture. Because hmm. uh, I think maybe not. Doesn't matter. So uh, what are your three goods? Uh, my first is uh, Richard Fletcher, RJ's son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just he's the again he's he's supposed to be like '80s corporate guy. Um, yeah, but again, has that like, 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 tr- like, like Trump child thing oh, to him yeah. where he's just yeah. whiny so, and he's just been silver spooned his whole yeah. life. And... But dad, yeah, it's just he's just a, a great like, like, like C list villain in in yeah. this movie. You know, he trips Billy Barty and. Just whining. <laughs> what would RJ Senior be saying if he was alive today? Help, let me out of this box. <laughs> so Richard Fletcher, Fletcher's the first. My second is Phyllis Weaver. She's the per- <laughs> she's the perfect game show contestant. Like she's so oh, yeah. excited when she spins the red yeah. snapper. Like she's just out of her mind happy. Uh, and she's into it, you know, like I'm doing great Cooney. Like, like she's, she's just, <laughs> right. oh, yeah. she's, she's the greatest game show contestant. It's and the, that, well, it's the highlight of her life. Yes. Like she's so thrilled to be there and you know, she wins her fish and then she risks her fish and she loses it. And she's just so disappointed and so embarrassed. <laughs> well, just, and then, and then Cooney starts insulting her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like really kicking her when she's already down. And, and she's hurt. And, I, and yeah. I'm sorry, Phyllis Weaver, but I love to see your pain. Uh, <laughs> and my third one, this goes back to, uh, this is, you know, this is one of 12 year old Curtis's favorite moments during a, you know, at, at, as the, uh, as they're on top of the world here, you know, so they're number one in the ratings. They're kind of jumping from clip to clip. Um, they, they cut to a clip of Stanley at, uh, at the clubhouse and he's, it's, it's like a promo bit for like to lead into other shows. And he just picks uh-huh. this booger out of his nose. Oh. That's like 18 <laughs> inches long. And it just goes, Oh, <laughs> And it's so juvenile, but like twelve-year-old me, like that's what sold me on UHF. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so the the eighteen-inch booger pick is my is my third good. Oz, <laughs> uh, what are your two bads? Uh, my first one's Victoria Jackson. Oh God, um, yeah, she's yeah. Just, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. She's whatever. Uh, my second one is just throwing in that Beverly Hillbillies music video. Um, it didn't. It didn't slow the movie down, but it's like it clearly was shoehorned in there as George falls asleep, and then we cut to a full music video, um, and then we cut back to the movie. It just uh, all the other cutaways to the bits at least made sense because they were shows on shows or commercials on Channel sixty two, and this one was clearly just in his imagination. Um, and it didn't, it just didn't fit the rest of the movie. It was an opportunity to 
showcase another a new Weird Al music video. Yeah. Um, and it, and so it it kind of gave this feel of like, is this movie a commercial for his music, mm. or is this movie a movie? So, um, but yeah, tossing that in, it just kind of hit the brakes for for a couple of minutes before it took off again. Yeah. Those are my two. <clears throat> Uh, my first bad, uh, the, just the whole Terry subplot, like mm-hmm. it just, it, it drugged the movie down. I intentionally skipped over the vast majority of it, uh, when, when doing our plot rundown because it's boring. Yeah. Yeah. It is boring. It, it, it really only exists to, you know, to kind of further kick George when he's down and then also to throw in the little plot point of giving Fletcher someone to yeah. ramble at right? Uh, and, and disparage the community. Otherwise, there's no point to Terry. Agreed. Uh, and then I'll also, I kind of mentioned a little bit before, uh, the my second bad will be just, the, it ends on a clunker, the Gone with the Wind send oh, up. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, I, one of my other bads, had you not taken it, was going to be, so was going to be Michael Richards and Victoria Jackson, the people. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just, it, I, especially now seeing Victoria Jackson, but even, even like, even at, at the time, like, 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 yes, Gone with the Wind, cool, but, like, the character was useless. And, yeah, yeah, she completely was useless. And and the performance was boring, too, on top of that. Mm-hmm. And it just, why did you have to end on a character that you don't care about? Uh, right. Like, yes, I'm glad George is happy, but, eh, doesn't have to be with Victoria Jackson. Right. As somebody as creatively minded as George... To be in a relationship with someone as boring. As yeah. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, she's boring. Yeah. Like she's like a, like nothing against like dental hygienists, but like, <laughs> you know. Wait, do you know any? Kidding. <laughs> 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 well, like, it's you know, it's like that again. Yeah. You know, with George, and it just doesn't seem to. Yeah. I don't no. know. Jive. Like, like seriously, has this relationship is rekindled? Like, coming home is going to be... It's going to suck for him mm-hmm. every day. Because it's like he gets to go to work and be super creative and then come home to mashed potatoes. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys, what's your one huh? Why did the internet have to ruin public access television? Mm. Like, I understand that there... People could be like, well, you know, with YouTube, but, you know, it's like when you gain YouTube, you now gain access to literally millions of public access channels to which it's impossible to weed through them at least with public access tv like it was all local stuff um and while i never obviously never had an opportunity i just think i don't know i i feel like i would still watch if it were still available i'd watch the public access tv <laughs> i just just for the just for the local flavor you yeah. know of seeing people you may know uh, granted around here the local the nearest public access would still be like an hour away in Peoria, but, um, but still like, I think it'd be kind of cool just to give people in your community a platform with, with the, with the equipment already. Sure. And that's really the big kicker is, you know, yeah, you could start a YouTube channel, but it's going to cost you, which for a lot of people is a big enough reason not to start. So <clears throat> yeah, where'd public access go? Yeah, so, I what love about that. you? What's your huh? My huh, and this as a kid, this bothered me, and it still does as an adult. So they owed, they had to come up with seventy five grand over forty eight yeah. hours, right? How much yeah. did it cost them to build the telethon set, the the flaming <laughs> sign, the fireworks, right. Stanley's trophy, install the phone lines for the telethon? <laughs> How much did all of that cost them? I feel the same way at the turn of every year when like UNICEF or ASPCA puts out their commercials and like donate and we'll send you this blanket or this t-shirt. I was like, no, keep that money and just give it to the poor, give it to the charity. I don't need your tote bag. (laughs) Right. But no, I'm with you. I can see that. Like how much did you lay out to, you know, to do all this? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming those those two big chin guys, you had to, like, put them up in a hotel, right? <laughs> yeah, like Uncle Sam on stilts. He clearly <laughs> needed a way to get around. <laughs> you had to get him transportation from the airport. Right. Right. 
Although, you know, the more that you see the programming that this community watches, I think you could almost convince yourself that R.J. Fletcher wasn't completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to do the news with these people are like, no, tune over. They got this guy dressed as Uncle Sam on stilts. <laughs> and, the, and these people that have faces painted on their bellies, and then they lift their shirt up and you could watch their face as a belly dancer. Like, that's what I'm donating to. That's what I'm giving my time to. <laughs> hey, everybody, they're back. <laughs> <laughs> so all right that's that's uhf that's it that's uhf uh we've got one more week of this month we do yes we are we are going to come back next week with my closing out the month pick (laughs) what a pick it is watch we're going to be watching the early 90s uh Martial arts, sure. super dub, super violent. I read that uh, Edgar Wright was asked once to make a list of his favorite movies, and he put this list at the top, this movie at the top, and then started numbering one, two, three. And someone goes, "Why is that movie not numbered?" He goes, "This movie is above rating." Huh. <laughs> uh, and so we will be back to watch Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Yes, we are. We will be covering next week. So stay tuned because that. Such a fun ride. Oh my goodness. Um, so, social media wise, you know where to find us Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Patreon link down below if you want to donate. Uh, but yeah, we got one more week mm-hmm. of Guilty Pleasure Month. Uh, tune in next week as we cover the story of Ricky, as well as uh, we let you know what next month's theme is going to yeah. be. It's going to be another fun one. It's going to be another fun one. So, uh, let's, for let's talk about flicks. I'm Oz. I'm Curtis. We'll see you guys next week.